This episode brought to you by Stamps.com. Why go to the store to get stamps when you can have them printed right at home for your convenience? Hello, I'm the Nostalgia Critic. I remember so you don't have to. Hey, remember in the 90s when we used to watch underqualified dumbasses review media from a couch? This is the movie. <laughs> In 1996, near the height of their popularity, Beavis and Butthead Do America holds two fond memories for me. One is, of course, laughing at two of my favorite animated slackers with an audience on the big screen. And two, giggling when an obvious Oscar bait movie at the time called Ghosts of Mississippi didn't get as good reviews. Not that the story didn't deserve to be told, but everyone agreed it was told in a schmaltzy way. Despite having some of Hollywood's finest at the time. I would have much preferred to see a documentary on this subject rather than this Hollywood version that is well-meaning but so safe. This is not one of Whoopi Goldberg's good performance. She spends most of it on the telephone saying, yeah, yeah, well, I don't believe you're really going to do it. She There's no writing. You don't really understand what, who Megger Evers was, what he did. There's just something so funny about a Rob Reiner drama with James Woods, Alec Baldwin, and Whoopi Goldberg in southern accents getting bested by Beavis and Butthead. I was taken with their adolescent awkwardness, bravado, and vulnerability. I think there was satire of this kind of couch potato, uh, disaffected attitude. Most people thought this was going to be a film written by simpletons for simpletons about simpletons. But in fact, it was a film written by smart people for most people, but yes, still about simpletons. But the truth is, Beavis and Butthead were so celebrated at the time by their young audience that it could have been just a phoned-in movie. And it wasn't. They worked hard. Hard. <laughs> at making the writing, timing, acting, and animation all get solid laughs. Like many have said, you have to be surprisingly smart in order to make dumb funny. But what is it about the film that won so many over? Well, let's dive on in and check it out. This is Beavis and Butt. My first name's Butt. <laughs> Head to America. The film opens with a dream that, okay, let's face it, is here for trailer fodder, but it's good trailer fodder. Hey, baby. <laughs> I'm like pretty tall. <laughs> my head alone is one third my body. <laughs> head. Beavis wakes up, butthead, to show something has happened to the TV. One of the interesting things is in the Siskel and Ebert review. Siskel swore the director of the movie was trying to help Butthead figure out what happened. In this clever scene where the film's director actually tries to help the boys figure out that their missing television set has been stolen. This is clever. I think more likely this is just his point of view putting together what happened, but again, that's what's so great about getting a different take can look at it from an equally funny way you never thought of before. This sucks more than anything that has ever sucked before. The opening credits roll, satirizing old 70s movies and shows like Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, 70s nostalgia was like what I guess 90s nostalgia is like now. Why else do you think I'm talking about this flick? Hey, wait a minute, I don't want to go to school! They go searching for their TV and decide to steal the one from their school, but their teacher stops them. We don't need TV to entertain us. He said anus. I swear there's more to this movie than just Sean Connery Jeopardy jokes. Well, funny enough, I don't think much of the audience would mind if it was all that. They accidentally break the TV, resulting in the principal expelling them. 
Beavis and Butthead, uh, you're both expelled! That's code for, yeah, school jokes are boring in a big animated film. King of the Hill prototypes, however? You know, the most important thing you can have on a camper is a good butane regulator. Butane, huh? Why do I feel like Tom Anderson and Daria in this are in the same neighborhood as Elaine's Bizarro friends? Ah! This crab is warm! They end up breaking Tom's TV too, and they stumble across a hotel where I'm very thankful the censor said they get an R if they show the principal's bare ass. Not that I think showing a bare ass constitutes that, but showing his bare ass, I think does. They go to another hotel room where a criminal named Muddy, voiced by Bruce Willis, confuses Beavis and Butthead for assassins. Yeah, this old shtick. I'll pay you ten grand plus expenses, all payable after you do her. Yeah. Are they gonna get the secret government device that'll destroy the world too? The X5 unit is a new top secret biological weapon. Okay, this isn't the most original story, especially at that time, but what makes it unique are the leads. These plot points are usually used in liar reveal stories where we're supposed to love the clumsy liar and relate to them when they sulk in the third act after the truth comes out. That's not how Beavis and Butthead works though. They're so dim and self-centered, it doesn't care if you like them. In fact, it's funnier if you don't. Any questions so far? Does she have big hooters? <laughs> yeah, you guys are funny. Let's have a drink on it, eh? The comedy comes from what a satirical take on Gen X it is, and how the rest of the world can't comprehend anyone being so stupid, so they confuse them for being masterminds. There's no moral, just laughs. And with so many comedies hammering in an obvious lesson nowadays, sometimes just a good laugh is really welcomed. Don't let me down. They confuse assassinate Muddy's wife for having sex with her, and they happily agree to take a flight to Vegas to see her. Yeah, Vegas was also a pretty big trope at the time. Are you two heading for Las Vegas? We're gonna score! The lady they sit next to on the flight is played by comedy legend Cloris Leachman. I love how well these two get along just because they misunderstand one word. I'm mostly gonna be doing the slots. They have a lot of slots in Las Vegas. You won't know where to begin. <laughs> Whoa. In a strange, perverted way, it's almost wholesome. It's so nice to meet young men who are so well-mannered. Ironically, they reveal later she was talking about sluts. The old lady mishears that Beavis is tired, so she gives him a ton of her caffeine pills, resulting in hijinks that wouldn't fly in a plane then, and let's just say really wouldn't fly in a plane now. I am Cornolio. I need picata for my bunghole. Are you threatening me? My bunghole will not wait. One roll of duct tape later. I am Cornolio. <laughs> One bloodstained window later. They eventually land, confusing the limo driver for a blind man, and... <laughs> I guess that's not R-worthy because butt's in his name? I don't know. And they realize the ride is for them. Illiteracy is never funny. I would say cancel them, but I think they already tried to cancel themselves. Step aside, please. We have white privilege. We automatically assume we can take what we want. And we don't have to worry about the police. What's that Hannibal Lecter line? The world's more interesting with them in it. Back at the motel, Muddy discovers the true assassins, who are also the guys who stole the TV, as clever tie-in. And he's so pissed, he decides to do the job himself. Just leave it, worthless piece of crap. It's good seeing what Bobby Hill eventually grew up into. Tell me you couldn't see that. They may get to Las Vegas with all the lights, glamour, and riches, but the only place they want to go is in front of a statue's boobuses. Again, his ass would have gotten an R, but this... We'll just assume this is like YouTube's content control. Nobody's actually watching. 
They play the hit song Love Roller Coaster, which was written specifically for this movie. Though I have to admit, it was weird seeing the music video, seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers sing, only to find the singers in the movie look not like them. think it'd be sung by Ben Stein as the wedding singer, but I wouldn't think they'd have a random CG shot in here either. Yeah, I think that was like a weird requirement in hand-drawn films at the time, like every flick had to have at least one CG shot. Ironic, because I swear it's almost working in reverse nowadays. <laughs> they get to their rooms and stumble across their target named Dallas, played by Demi Moore. I'll double it, I'll pay you 20 if you go back there and do him. You want us to do a guy? Maybe if we close our eyes and pretend he's a chick. <laughs> Please don't spoil the sequel. She's one of the few people that puts together these two are dumbasses, but once she sees the police are on their way, she puts the government MacGuffin in Beavis's pants and tells them to meet her in Washington, D.C. via bus tour. I want you to take the bus to Washington, D.C. You're gonna make a whole lot of money, and I'm gonna give you everything. Including the strategy guide to your own game. Seriously, there's no way to beat this game without it! Hey, I'm giving a shout out to one of my favorite members of the Channel Awesome crew, Buster. I couldn't do half the things I do without Buster, the most photogenic cat that loves to be filmed. Look at that, look how much he loves it. Because when every person and or cat moment and penny counts in your business, you can't afford to take any of them for granted. Stamps.com gets that because for the last 25 years, they've been helping businesses save time and money. And yes, I know it might be selfish to talk about my cat being a valuable member of the team when I have plenty of other people. It's almost like I got sick this week and I had to push back a shoot and this is the best I could do under the circumstances, but that's not at all. That was a completely random scenario I just threw out. Buster's the best. And Stamps knows that. They make it so you can focus on your business, knowing that Stamps.com has all your postage needs covered with premium discounts and great rates. My God, will you hold still for just a second? That's why you're never in videos. With Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Behind the chair, huh? We're doing this? Is this how you show you love me? Well, I love you too, you little son of a buster, everybody! Running a business isn't cheap, and neither are cat obedience schools, especially when it comes to fulfilling orders for your customers. Luckily, Stamps.com has huge carrier discounts, up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. Oh, are you gracing us with your presence, your majesty? Thank you. Yeah, go over there, just anywhere away from the camera. That's what I want you to do. Brilliant. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Get access to USPS and UPS services you need right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Okay, this is nice. You like rubbing up against my hand? That's, that's cute. Okay, we can work with this. This is all right. You want to tell them about the special deal buster? Of course you don't, because you're the worst. Set up your business for success when you get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up at Stamps.com slash nostalgia for a special offer that includes a four-week free trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com slash nostalgia. All right, stop it. Stop it. it, it stop to Why do you have to be this way? I think I hate Buster. Doug plays God of War for the first time every Friday on Twitch. We also have content five days a week. Hope to see you there.
Williams and Butthead get to the bus, the FBI, led by Agent Fleming, played by Robert Stack, who felt so duped into doing this movie he tried to get his legal team to remove him from it, but he warmed up to it over the years, confront Dallas, discovering she has nothing. So, are you gonna tell us where it is, or am I gonna have to have Agent Hurley over there give you another cavity search? This will be one of the funniest running jokes in the movie. Everything about this character is straight lace, no humor, all serious, except for this one phenomenally bizarre character trait. Did you give him a full cavity search? I want full cavity searches. Full cavity searches all around. Give this scumbag a cavity search. Bork. Cavity search. Deep and hard. Can't imagine why Stack would want his name removed from this. The boys stop by the Hoover Dam where they push all the buttons messing with the city's power, releases some of the water, and worst of all, makes a damn pun. Is this a goddamn? <laughs> goddamn, you know. Piss off, I think it's funny. They get back on the bus just as the FBI wrongly deduces they cut the power on purpose to cover their tracks. Okay, people. So right now, these are the most dangerous men in America. Uh, Mr. Stack, could you say that a bit more trailery? I say everything trailery. Oh, that's true, he does. They continue across America, ignoring all the amazing sights and instead paying attention to the stupidest things they can find. They accidentally get on the wrong bus, though, teaming up with a group of nuns. We're on a bus with chicks. Funny enough, the most hilarious scene doesn't come with them, though. He said- No, I didn't. Where they confuse confessionals for porta-potties. I gotta take a dump. Surprisingly, maybe even thankfully it doesn't go that route. But it does result in the two of them being mistaken for priests. Leading to, in my opinion, the funniest lines. How many Hail Marys? A thousand! <laughs> I slept with a woman, and, uh... Could you, like, see her boobs? You know, with some churches nowadays, I could see some priests saying that. <laughs> In the 2000s, that's what people thought was gonna happen if you didn't see Passion of the Christ. Don't feel too bad about the nuns not getting the biggest laugh in the movie, though. They have a hilarious scene where they just abandon the two of them at a pit stop. They don't even have to say anything, they're just all on the same page. Hey, where'd those chicks go? I didn't even get to see if there's a black one, like in Sister Act! Oh wait, there was. And apparently it was for that reason. <laughs> the boys stupidly decide to walk to Washington, getting lost in the desert but randomly stumbling across their fathers, who of course they don't recognize. One of them is voiced by Earl Hoffert, or as translated in Jokey's, David Letterman. Here's a story. I scored with these two chicks. True story. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna call DCFS after seeing how he treats his son. What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the agents go to every place Beavis and Butthead could be, including their school. Come with me, lesbian seagull. Again, I don't think they had all the characters figured out yet because by God, Daria would not be in that class listening to that song. Jane? Maybe. After, let's face it, a pretty delayed fart joke when you think about what movie you're watching. The boys lose track of their fathers and continue to roam the desert, eat some cactus, and start to hallucinate. It's like a music video! This is another one of those tropes at the time when everything connected to the plot would just disappear in lieu of a pretty pointless music video. But seeing how they never looked over music videos in this, I think it deserves a pass. The segment is pretty awesome drawing inspiration from a lot of Rob Zombie's artwork. It's one of the few moments in the movie where you can say the animation is not only good, it's goddamn great. Yes, it's a segment you could cut and miss nothing, but it does serve maybe the most as a time capsule. I just look at this, think late 90s, and appreciate the hell out of it. Working, 
Muddy wakes them up and takes them hostage, tossing them in the trunk of his car. They manage to get out and, of course, cause a lot of damage while doing so. I think I figured out why a crossover between these three shows never happened. She wouldn't stick around and he wouldn't survive. They just happened to bump into the same bus tour they took before and they finally make their way to DC. Muddy meets Dallas there too, but she convinces him she still has feelings just as they're discovered. Me and my wife are back together and you will never- He stole the unit. Why, you damn little- I like these two and they're going through a lot. Beavis and Butthead are about to leave, but Beavis is pissed he didn't score and attempts to make a big speech about it. I'm sick and tired of this. And we're never gonna score. It's just not gonna happen. We're never gonna score. We're never gonna score. Ah, the big speech every YouTuber thinks they're not gonna make. He tries to calm down by having more of the old lady's medicine, once again causing him to go full Cornholio. <laughs> yes, Mr. President. I am Cornholio. My bunghole, it goes... Admit it, you know, at least two presidents have made a call like that. But it stumbles across Chelsea Clinton and doesn't exactly make the best impression. I noticed you have braces. I have braces too. <laughs> Admit it, you know, at least two presidents have been thrown out of the White House like that. Butthead is arrested and given, you guessed it, cavity search. I'm talking Roto Rooter. Don't stop till you reach the back of his teeth. Again, don't ruin the third act. When Beavis gets inspired to jerk off in Tom's camper, Tom throws his pants out and out of where the unit is inside. He said, Yes, I did, and it flies out. He said, Yes, goddammit, bouncing off of Butthead's hair. Take him away. Hey, get your damn hands off me! That look on his wife might be the saddest thing ever drawn. Tom's arrested, and naturally, Beavis and Butthead are praised as heroes, allowing them to meet the president. You exemplify a new crop of young Americans who will grow into the leaders of this great country. Again, not wrong. <laughs> they get back home and are reunited with their true love, TV. Do you think we're ever gonna score? I probably will, but not you. <sighs> You're too much of a butt monkey. Powerful words. Randomly vulgar, but vulgarly random. And that was Beavis and Butthead Do America. Okay, am I gonna pretend this is a great work of modern art? No, but it is funny. It's a type of comedy many adults saw as lowbrow and beneath them, but I think it's kind of like the cable guy. The more people realize folks like this kind of exist, the more it made sense why the humor was so lowbrow and beneath them. It's cool seeing a show that so many look down on not only get a movie, but a movie that was both a box office and critical success. It isn't just something that only worked in the 90s, Beavis and Butthead came back, and a lot of people were shocked just how well the same type of humor worked today. The movie is similar. It surprisingly isn't that dated. It's straightforward, with very little having to be explained. And it's still funny as hell. In a time where so many animated films seem to always need to be about something important, here's an animated comedy that isn't doing anything important, which in a funny way, can also be important. Sometimes all you need is a good laugh, and these two dumbasses are always there to give their chuckles. I'm a nostalgia critic guy, remember it, so you don't have to. Lesbian Seagull. This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing Kids Rank. We've worked with them before, and let me tell you, this is a wonderful organization. 
Kids Rank engages military-connected children with youth in hands-on skill-building projects and volunteer opportunities designed to encourage resilience through their core pillars, connect, lead, and serve. As a Navy brat myself, it can be hard to move from place to place, and Kids Rank is there to make sure there's always somebody there for them. So if you want a cameo of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. If you're like, nah, I hate you, well, consider checking out this organization anyway. It's wonderful people that do wonderful work. Check them out and either donate, volunteer, or just spread the word about the fantastic things they do.